All right, everyone, welcome back to the 16th episode of the Chats of the Charity Stripe podcast. I'm your co-host, Jacob. And I'm your other co-host, Josh. Welcome back, guys. Yeah, I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. It's like we saw you guys or talked to you guys like a year ago or something like that last year. Yeah, sorry we didn't. Uh, it's been it's been since last year, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh my! But yeah, seriously, hope everyone had a had a, a safe and happy holiday season. Um, had a really fun time the last episode chatting about the the uh, holiday special and everything. So uh, why don't we jump into the uh, press break? Yeah. Um, so we got a couple of people. Returning from injury and whatnot, Mason Plumlee is back for the Clippers. He dropped eight points yesterday. He's back. Yesterday, or I don't know. He's coming off the bench. Um, so a little bit more depth for the Clippers if they need it, although the Clippers have been red hot. They have been. Um, so maybe they don't need it. I think they're 22-6 and six or something like that. Or, or That doesn't sound right. That's too many games. But they're they're hot is what they are. we have. Um, Draymond Green has been reinstated from his suspension. And he is expected to be with the team today and make his return to play sometimes in the next week or so mm-hmm. after a ramp up. Um, any other injury news? Uh, biggest injury that I've seen, uh, Chris Paul for the oh, Warriors yep. um, is needing hand surgery and he will be out at least. They said they said he hasn't had the surgery yet. It's going to be sometime this week. And they said at least four to six weeks after for him to return. So for a struggling Warriors team, this is I definitely think is a big blow for them. Absolutely. Um, real quick on the Christmas Day slate, we had some some good games there. A quick trivia correction: forty-one from Tatum and Jokic was the high for the twenty twenty-two games. The all-time high is sixty by Bernard King in nineteen eighty-four, and then second is Wilt. In 1959, and third is a bunch of people, including Luca, who dropped 50 and 15 on the Suns yeah. uh, on Christmas night. A uh, huge game from him. Baller, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say the Suns intentionally had Grayson Allen guarding Luca all game. So, <laughs> anyway. Take it as it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if he got injured, it was a fluke. And, uh, you know, I, Grayson Allen, maybe he was trying, but I don't know if I purposely put Grayson Allen on Luka Doncic for an entire game because I think the results are, well, 50 and 15. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Jalen Brunson had 48 as the Knicks beat the Bucks to nope. start the Christmas Day slate. Any other, th- anything else you wanted to talk about from the Christmas Day no. games? Nuggets took care of the Warriors, too, in that middle game so yeah. I, th- I thought that I, th- I thought it was a good slate of games yeah except for maybe the Sixers game where Embiid and uh, Butler were both out for that game yeah so. but it was still still good overall I think uh, we had a trade yep sure did that first trade news of the season yeah um, um, we got the the Knicks get OG Ananobi Malachi Flynn and Precious Achua the Raptors get R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, and the Pistons' 2024 second round pick from the Knicks. Yeah. Um, thoughts for the Knicks? The biggest thing in that trade that actually surprised me the most was Emmanuel quickly, which I think he probably had to be in there to get him to get OG. Mm-hmm. But I think that was a big that was that's a big blow for the bench 
which Absolutely. they got Precious Achua, Achua too. So he'll help. It obviously not the same position, but he's a bench player that is going to give them valuable minutes uh, defensively. And so Emmanuel quickly was a bucket getter. <laughs> I mean, he was he's either one or two most years for six man of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, but as we saw a couple nights ago against the Sixers, they they can still ball without him. So. They are three and zero since the trade. Yeah. Knicks are that is. Um, I think I think this is grid really good. They get um, a guy that fits their scheme a little bit better in OG mm-hmm. and Obi. I think, right? He can play physical bully ball on both ends of the floor. They get yep. a really really high level perimeter, well, all positions defender, which will help them in the playoffs. And um, you know, a little bit of bench help. I think the bench is still going to need some work if they want to. Really, it's going to be more about the regular season because we know Tibbs isn't going to play that many bench players in the yeah. postseason. But it's about uh, six or seven deep on yeah <laughs> for them. But but I think for getting to the postseason, they'll need you know even if it's just a waiver wire thing or something, mm-hmm. they'll they'll need to pick pick up one more player or so for the bench. Yeah, I agree. But I I I think well from the Raptors side of things, it looks like they're wanting to blow it up from the middle and just start fresh. Yeah. Um, Cause basically everyone on their roster is, is clear for trades. There's been several, several discussions about Pascal Siakam, where would, where might he end up at the trade deadline? So I think honestly, he's probably the biggest name for me that to be watching mm. trade deadline wise, um, which still have about a month, month and a half, maybe before the trade deadline is over. Um, around all-star time i think it's a week before now but um we'll see we'll see where he ends up too but the raptors seem to be wanting to make some moves yeah i I really like this for for both teams but i like it for the Mm -hmm. raptors i think emmanuel quickly adds Mm -hmm. something they don't have with a guard that can really get out in transition he can pull up from three not something they have i think he'll go really well with um with scotty barnes who's kind of the cornerstone for them right now um, and I think it'll allow them to do kind of a quick reboot yeah, um, without having to go a full rebuild. Yeah, if, I agree. If that's how they decide to go. Yeah, I think I think they said Scotty Barnes is the only untouchable one on the roster. Yeah. But and obviously, I don't, I, don't th- I don't even know if they can trade Barrett and quickly, but right. probably quickly at least would be off limits there too. And I think um, I think probably for the Knicks, part of this was Emmanuel quickly kind of struggled in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year and one small guard can be a struggle in the playoffs. Two small guards can, well, we saw what the Knicks did to the Cavs with two small mm-hmm. guards. So I think probably they just didn't want to pay him. Him plus Barrett in the offseason would have been, right. you know, you're talking probably 60, 70 million between those two players yeah. a year. Um, and instead yeah. they can get OG Ananobi for, you know, 35 million a year mm-hmm. and then have another player if that fits a little bit better. Right. So I, I like this. I think both. Both um, teams come out with a win here. And yeah. that second round pick, because it's from the Pistons, is essentially end of the first round. So. Right. Um, um, another win in that trade. Isn't R.J. Barrett Canadian? He is. So he's going back home. I'm sure that's nice. He gets to play for his hometown team. Well, I don't yeah. know if it's his hometown Home country, team. Home basically. Country. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that's nice for him. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think both teams won on this. I think the Raptors got more i mean the knicks got more defensively but the raptors got more what they need to spark their offense a little bit more and then kind of readjust their timeline yeah with 
right? You, you think Barrett quickly and Scotty Barnes, all pretty young. Right. They have quickly on a, a restricted free agent, so they can essentially guarantee you bring him back in the offseason. So yeah. they've got a nice little core there to work, work from. And I think the Raptors made this trade at a perfect time, too, that if they still, like I said, they still have about a month where if this team is looking like they can be dangerous, you don't have to, you don't have to trade uh, Siakam yeah. then as well, but it gives you that kind of freedom to see who's, who's playing what role, who's doing it best. You know, what do we need at the trade deadline? Do we need to trade Siakam or can we just keep him and, you know, yeah. do what the Raptors normally do and go weirdly above 500 or right at it every single year? Yeah. <laughs> Um, notably, Siakam, part of the reason he's in all this is he has not signed an extension. He's a free mm-hmm. agent this offseason. So that's why the Raptors both are thinking about trading him and why teams don't want to trade him because he's been pretty uh, outspoken that he wants to hit free agency this okay. summer. So Yeah. Um, anything else uh, in the press break? Are we going to break it open? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't have anything else. I don't, I don't either. Want to jump into the standing, see where everyone is sitting? Yeah, so uh, we're, we're about 30, 35 games in, so we figured we'd take a quick check-in on the standings, kind of go over, you know, one thing that each team needs to do to finish the season, and then we'll have a quick uh, kind of MVP check-in as well at the mm-hmm. end. You want to start in the East or the West? Yeah, let's start, start at the bottom of the East. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, we have the Pistons at 3-32. and 32. Win anything. <laughs> Get and so honestly, at the trade deadline here, I would expect them to make quite a bit of pickups and drops and waves, um, just so they can find anyone that can get them a bucket. Um, if if since we spoke last, they set the record for most losses uh, in one season, uh, not the most in a row though. That is still held by the the Sixers, unfortunately, yeah. but. Um, they just need anything. <laughs> Anyone who can possibly relieve the pressure of Cade Cunningham, uh, because it feels like he is the only person that is really doing anything. Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, yeah, yeah Bo- Boyan, Bo- Boyan, yeah. Um, he he's like the other person on the team that is kind of like the scoring load, but it, there's really no one else. There's it's it's Cade Cunningham as an A. B is Bogdanovich, and then there's like D or F for everyone else on the team. So anything that they can do to possibly lengthen this roster and get any scoring or defensive ability is what they need. Yeah, I I think they just need to re really they need to readjust their expectations. Mm-hmm. I feel like coming into the season, a lot of people thought, hey, these guys are going to be in the play in conversation. Right. Obviously, they're not. They're basically eliminated from the playoffs already. <laughs> um, so like. For me, it's just let the young guys play. I don't want to mm-hmm. see Asar Thompson have 11 minutes in a game or a right. DNP. I don't want to see Marcus Sasser having a DNP because you need shooting, and he's a rookie. Let him play. He's yeah. been good so far. And the same thing for Asar Thompson. Play Jaden Ivey. Play, uh, you know, play play the young guys. I don't want to see Alec Burks getting a 30 minutes a game. You know, yeah. just get With- some future draft picks. Develop your young guys. Go again next year. Yeah. There should be no reason that anyone on this team is getting a DNP. Everyone should be playing and developing. Yeah. And and I think part of that is, too, like there's some young guys like Wiseman and Bagley that they have mm-hmm. on this roster. You need to know if those guys are staying next year. Right. You can't be doing this again next year where you have young guys that you've invested in and you don't know if 
they're good enough to right. be part of the future. Uh, it's plenty on three win Pistons. Yeah, uh, we're moving up three more wins though. Yeah, we got the Wizards now at six and twenty nine. You um, start this one. This is they're really disappointing. They should have more wins than this. Yeah. They're uh, I, I think let Denny Advia and Bilal Kulabai do some stuff. Mm-hmm. See what they can do for you. Trade Kyle Kuzma, and I'm not usually for this. I don't know that Scott Brooks is your head coach yeah. of the future. He hasn't been really good at keeping the locker room together, setting mm-hmm. any sort of tone on either end. They're just kind of not – sometimes they play good defense, but they're overhelping. Sometimes they're just like everybody's on an island. Their offense is helter-skelter. I, I don't like what's going on there, but at least yet let your young guys play. Yeah, and um, oh, what's his name that was from Gonzaga that's on his team? Uh, Kispert. Kispert, yeah. I think I think he needs to develop a little bit more time too. Um this they seem in a very similar position with the the Pistons where they both we, there was higher expectations than the both both of these teams combined have less than 10 wins. So yeah. it's uh <laughs> they uh I mean it's just super disappointing at this point in the season if you don't have 10 wins, you can basically call it a loss. Yeah, it's, um, it's done. <laughs> the The Wizards, though, I just I, I agree with you. Letting letting the guys develop a little bit more this season, like Denny Advia. Um, uh, and, and there's just there's it's the same thing for the Pistons. There's no reason why anyone should have a DMP on this. I uh, I also agree with you. Uh, jumping back to Kuzma, I think he needs to get out of there. And there's a, there's been several teams calling about him. Um, I, I think he <laughs> he's not really a two option and he right. doesn't fit their timeline and his value has probably never been higher. Right. Yeah. So yeah, get him out of there. Uh, just real quick, who do you think he should go to? I think the Pacers should be calling. I think the Lakers should be calling. Mm. I think the Heat should be calling. Yeah. I think the Sixers should be calling. Yeah. Um, the Warriors should be calling. We don't know. I don't know what he costs. Yeah. He some of those teams he's probably outside of their price range, uh, but I think I think they should at least see if they can swing something. Yeah. What What about uh, <laughs> going back to another LA team, the Clippers? I don't think the Clippers have necessarily assets to make a trade. I don't think they need yeah. to make a trade either. That's I, true. I like the Clippers for there. I think they're one of the best teams in the NBA. Just stay how it is. Yeah. Yep. And maybe we get closer to the trade deadline and they because they started out really cold and then they got really right. hot. Maybe they kind of level out and we see some holes when we get closer to the trade mm-hmm. deadline. But right now, I like the Clippers where they are. So stay. I, that's that that is uh true like I, if I wouldn't touch it if everything is if it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> type yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He needs, I think they need to get rid of him for some assets. Yeah. Um, I, I, you can get a couple firsts for him, maybe a young player. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's worth it. Right. Yep. Uh, want to move on to Charlotte, another single digit win team, eight and 25, three single digit win teams in the East. My um, goodness. for me, it's just, it's Brandon Miller and Mark Williams. They've been really good. They're young. Make sure they keep playing and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, hopefully Lamelo Ball gets back, and you can kind of get a better taste for what your core looks like. Yeah, I think you should shop Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward as well. Hayward's contract's pretty big, so I don't know if you can move him. But yeah, unfortunately, I I, I was gonna mention real quick. I want to shout out um, Gordon Hayward for having a low key 
yeah. pretty good season so far this year. Um, he is he is. I mean, it's pretty silently having one of the one of the best seasons that he's had in his career on other than like his all star years and everything. Yeah, post injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, splits. 14.5 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 46.8% field goal percentage. So pretty consistent player. Um, he is currently out. Um, he has a left calf strain. So, but still having one of the best, one of the best um, seasons that he's had since, like you said, post injury. So. And there's all those teams I just mentioned. They should go ask about uh, Gordon Hayward as well. Yeah. Um, specifically the Warriors, if they decide to move Chris Paul, his salary is right around that range. Yeah. So something to think about for the Hornets. For me, it's just, you know, try to develop an identity, play your young guys. Yep. That's all you can do. CP3 to the second Hornets team in his career, but in a different location. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it, that's really all I can say about the Hornets. <laughs> yeah, these teams are these teams at the bottom just aren't good enough to... To yeah. really, for me to ask them to do anything, you know. Yeah. Um, Raptors fourteen and twenty one, uh, four hundred exactly at the moment. We kind of discussed it already, and not going to har- uh, harp on it too much more. But um, in my opinion, just wait a little bit, three weeks, four weeks, see how the team's doing. If it's not doing well, and they still want to get Siakam out of there, sure. But like you said, most teams are not necessarily wanting to get him right now compared to at the end of the season. So that may be difficult, but just write it out, see how they're doing at the moment. Uh, my thing for the Raptors personally is if you're not the eight seed, right? If you're not 500 mm-hmm. in, say, three weeks, trade Siakam. I don't think he's going to sign with them. I don't know that he yeah. fits that well. You Minimum, you'll get a first round pick and a young right. player for him. So to me, and you'll get salary that you can clear off the books. Yeah. So to me, trade them uh the hawks 14 14. and 20 uh trey young going crazy at the moment uh i i think trade Dejounte murray i don't think he fits in the system very well i'm right there with you i think they should trade clint capella and Dejounte murray yeah um i think i mean i think if you trade those you still have a young core with Mm -hmm. obviously trey young you have jalen johnson you have a neke kongwu you have DeAndre Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. You can trade those guys, get a lot of assets, get some young players, do kind of a quick reset. And the biggest thing for Dejounte Murray, where did the defense go? Yeah, yeah. What he happened? Was so good in in uh, uh, San Antonio. All defensive player in San Antonio. He comes to the Hawks and he's he's a sub average defender. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it system? Is it yeah? Just it, it, he, he doesn't have Popovich yeah, screaming at him all I the guess, time. Yeah. Um, but that that's why it's not working to me, and I, yeah. I think it's time to to. And he's got a really nice contract for the level of player he is for mm-hmm. for a team that he maybe fits a little better with. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> that yeah, my big thing is just get him out of there. It just he feels junky in their system. There, it doesn't feel like a good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, move on to number ten. In the East, Chicago Bulls, 16 and 21. I'm a little bit hot of late. Yeah. Uh, during the Zach Levine absence, who is back, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think trade Zach Levine and or DeMar. Try to get yeah. a young player that you can, that's kind of already an NBA player and mm-hmm. some picks for it. I think that's the best case. I just, I just don't see them really being above, you know, 
a top getting a home series right. in the playoffs, even if Lonzo Ball were healthy. I just don't think they're. I still think they're probably the fifth best team in the East. Yeah, yeah. Um, anytime I can possibly get this in here, get Vucevic out of this dang <laughs> lineup. Leave. <laughs> get him out. He's been okay this season, but it's. I don't. I don't. I don't think the system is helping him that much because no. he's not. You know, he he's he's more of a floor spacing big mm-hmm. man. I don't know that that's what they need. We see how Drummond, how well Drummond is playing, mm-hmm. and he fits better what they need at the big man position. So, so I'm with yeah. you. I think I think you could add Vucevic to that list of people to trade as well. Uh, hypothetical here. Uh, uh, let's do Vucevic package with someone else in the Bulls, maybe a couple of guards. Um, to the Raptors for Siakam. Hmm. I I like it, but also that's without me considering because I like Vooch as a spacer for the Raptors, mm-hmm. and I like Siakam as basically the better Patrick Williams. Right. But contract wise, I don't know. If he stays with the they, like the right. Bulls would have to be. It would have to be instant. It have to be a win now. Yeah. Win for, now for, for for Siakam to to actually come back to the Bulls in the right. offseason. So. I like it for now. I just don't like it in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They just have to move some guys. It seems like, I mean, they what, a year ago or less than a year ago, they were like in situation for like a number one. They were in number one in Two the East for ago, a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, they, they've just fallen off. I mean, obviously Levine's been out a decent amount, but I, I definitely think get Levine out. Not sure about DeRozan though. I think there's still quite a bit of potential with DeRozan. I like his I like his culture that he brings and mm-hmm. the leadership. So as long he is a he is a free agent this off season, so we'll yeah. see what he does. But I I do like him there. If you can sort of suss out whether or not he's coming back in the off season, I, I don't right. want to trade him, but maybe you need to. Uh, three point percentage for him is one of the highest in his career this year too. Really? So, yeah, he's he's doing he's doing pretty good. Um. Oh, quick, quick note for the Bulls on yeah. a positive note. Uh, reportedly, Lonzo Ball no longer has pain in his knee. So Nice. Uh, I think he's going to start running again here sometime in the next month or so. Nice. That's a that's a big get for them. I, I mean, they definitely need him back on the floor. They need a true point guard running. And, and I think Io does a good job off the bench for that. But he, he doesn't seem like a naturally true point guard like Lonzo does. And Kobe White's been really good. Too. Yeah, he has. And he has. just from Lonzo's perspective, being an injury for that long and just mm-hmm. nagging is really sucks. I'm, I'm happy he's he's feeling better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, move on to the Brooklyn Nets at 9, 16 and 20. Stop the switching. Somehow you have to find a way to make somebody get two to the ball. If you can't, yeah. this team's never going to work. You have to trade someone because... Everyone just switches. There's no there's no action you can run against yeah. switching that's gonna that's really gonna open it up unless yeah. you have if you have a guy that can beat switching they're gonna be two to the ball and then you're not gonna switch anymore. Right. So to me that as long as teams are switching you're not gonna be that good. Yeah. There there have been some there's been some highlights for this teams. Nick Claxton has been performing really mm-hmm. well for them this season. Uh, Mikel Bridges is not completely lived up to what we thought he would this this season uh he's still been good i'm not going to say he hasn't been but he's not been the terror that he was offensively the last year and a half whenever he ended with with phoenix and then towards the end of last year too 
He was um, also forced to miss his first game of his career uh, after the Nets sat like their entire starters and then yeah. got fined a hundred thousand dollars for it. So yeah, I felt bad for him there because he was healthy and he wanted to play and they wouldn't let him play. Yeah, it was the longest active streak of of any player. Yeah, he hadn't missed a game since like high school. Yeah, until that one. So it's incredible. I mean that the 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 will to just get up every day and play every single game. I mean that's 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. But. Um, there, there are some highlights for this team. Like they, there's a, there's a bright side to this team. But like you said, I mean, you just cannot. You gotta stop the switching. Like yeah. you said. Um, and also, the good news is also if they wanted to try to trade some people, they've got a mm-hmm. ton of assets. Right. And you could, you could make yourself really rich in the future. Yeah. You know, what do you, wise. What do you think, real quick, before we move on to the Pacers? What do you think about um, it, them benching Cam Thomas? I think Cam Thomas is the one guy on your team outside of maybe Mikael Bridges that mm-hmm. could potentially be a guy that draws two to the ball in the future. Yeah, uh, he's to me he's the guy that hasn't fully you know discovered his upside. So I think yeah. you should keep playing him because you're like I mean you're ninth, you're sixteen and twenty. It's not like right. it's not like they're in third in the East and him playing is hurting their home playoff chances or something. Right. Yeah, I, that, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that because I, I saw that he had gotten benched. And, I mean, he's he's he is a microwave. Whenever he heats up, he is he's on it. But whenever he has his shooting slumps, you can you can feel it. But like you said, if he's on his – when he's on his streaks, he could be drawing two, um, which opens the floor for Mikel to get more open shots, maybe get his, his, his uh, feeling back in his shot. But – yeah, I, I just thought that was very odd of them to to bench him very quick into the season. Yeah. But let's move on to the first over 500 team in the Big East. Big gap here. Yeah. Uh, 20 and 15 Indiana Pacers. Uh, what's what's your thoughts there? I think they need to add defense um, or, and or just play Jairus Walker. Like your defense is so bad, you can sacrifice a little offense. Yeah. You need defense. Please, yeah. please give me some defense. <laughs> yeah, you can you can sacrifice your 150 point wins for a little bit of defense. Yeah, I mean this is this is a absurdly potent offense. I mean to to a, a clip that we have never seen before in most most stats. Uh, it <laughs> get get a little bit of defense, or you're winning so many more games in the season. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, how many games have the? Uh, I'd love to know the stat on this. I don't have it exactly, but how many games have been decided by you know handful of points? And, and even um, sometimes it's just like the other team is so comfortable. We saw it with the Celtics last night. Yeah. They, Celtics were so comfortable they just cooked them and ran away with the game. Yeah, like, you got to be able to exert some pressure on the other team, right? Uh, which the Celtics are just that good anyway. Yeah, but they yeah any any. Any type of pressure defensively will could do them wonders. Yeah, um, that's all I really have on them, though. Yep. Uh, move into seven yep. with the Magic twenty and fifteen as well. Um, what's your thoughts? Just stay patient. Keep keep growing. Mm-hmm. Keep developing your guys. Jalen Suggs is playing incredibly. Paolo mm-hmm. Bencaro just came off a triple double against the Nuggets. Um, Franz Wagner's good. Like just yep. don't overreach just keep growing keep getting better yeah this is a this is a a good team um for how young they are and it seems like they're clicking now uh they what they they held first or second east for several weeks 
yeah. um, a little bit earlier in the season. Uh, it which it's kind of coming down to now like you're seeing the holes a little bit more, but it doesn't seem like major gaps yeah. in in you know defense or offense especially i mean it feels like they they are like so so close to to clicking so that they can i mean they're at seven and they're not at their full potential yet so and and, you know if if a couple of their young guards just find the stroke and start shooting better the shooting problems Mm -hmm. are solved and you don't need to make a trade so yeah it's just for me it's just stay where you're at keep getting better yeah uh miami heat 20 and 15 uh, improve the perimeter defense. It's been yeah. very bad. They're the worst team in the NBA um, against defending drives. Yeah. So that's got to be improved. But I mean, honestly, considering Jimmy Butler, the amount of time Jimmy Butler's missed, the amount of time Bam has missed, 20 and 15 yeah. is not bad. No, not bad. Duncan bad at Robinson's all. playing great. Tyler Hero's playing great. Bam's defense has been incredible. Just improve the perimeter defense a little yeah. bit. And there you go. There's been a lot of talks of trading Tyler Hero. I honestly say just keep him. Like I, I don't I don't understand why there's so much talks about trade trade trade. I mean he's been playing fantastic for them so far. Yeah, keep him. And he's still very young. Like I yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, New York Knicks number Can five. You skip the Cavs. No, they're four. Oh, okay. Uh, the Cavs are twenty one and fifth. Knicks are twenty one and fifteen now because they just won. Yes, they, they. Yeah, yeah, they're both twenty one and fifteen. Oh, I the, see. Okay, the Cavs won today. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, New York Knicks. Well, Cav, I think Cavs have the tiebreaker. That's why they're technically ahead at four. Um, but New York Knicks. I mean, we kind of discussed a little bit with them already. We don't have to belabor the point. But um, I. I mean, OG seems to be a, a good component for them. Yeah. I, I think look at some bench scoring call mm-hmm. about maybe Bones Highland or Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Right. Get some guy, some more, some more pop off the bench. But other than that, like you're good. Yeah. And, and even thinking to like the, the West coast, the uncertainty of the warriors right now with several younger guys saying that they're unhappy with their roles maybe call over there see what see if Kaminga or or uh, Moody are available yeah just hang around if you find that you can be a third person mm-hmm. in a three-team trade and you pick up a bench player or something right um otherwise I don't they, they made their trade now let's I'm just kind of you know see how it goes before yeah. I make any more changes yeah I agree uh Cavaliers 21-15 their 21-15 is it's very impressive to me. I mean, yeah. Darius Garland's missed most of the season. Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell's missed time. Evan Mobley's been out. How about Jared Allen? Yeah, Man's, played fantastic today. He's he's been on a tear recently. Mm-hmm. He's averaging like twenty and fifteen or twenty two and fifteen over his last like eight games. Yeah. Um, uh, today, twenty nine points, sixteen rebounds. Uh, swatted Victor Wembanyama twice. Uh, been playing playing really really well he looks like his all-star form yeah i think just for me the for the Cavs, just hope that the injuries are behind you mm-hmm. and just stay stay patient keep yeah keep the the movement and the sharing of the ball and that's really all i'm at i mean they're 21 and 15 with all these injuries i think they're in a pretty good spot yeah i agree i'm very impressed obviously we are several years at, removed from the uh the the 
LeBron, like him leaving the team. But I was, I was, I've been really impressed with how quickly they've been able to get back to playoff form. Mm-hmm. Last year, obviously, we talked about too. The lights were too bright. Jared Allen said that as well. But this team looks really good this year. I agree, and I think they fixed with Struess and Niang. They kind of fixed a little bit of their mm-hmm. their past problems. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, Craig Porter Jr. has been excellent for them. Yeah, like two way. I think he's a two way player off the bench, but I believe so. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, let's move into to our team, Philadelphia at, at number three, twenty three and twelve. A couple losses here recently, though. Yeah, uh, Joel Embiid has missed a couple of games mm-hmm. uh, since I think he's missed like four or five games since Christmas. Yeah. So hopefully he gets healthy. Yeah. He uh, will, we'll discuss a little bit more in the MVP talk, MVP talk, but he's been, I, I would say kind of valuable for this team this yeah. <laughs> this season. Uh, I, I say at the moment, um, if you're not crazy searching for P- Pascal Siakam, just wait until, wait till the end of the year. I, I think. Yeah, I, I think the biggest problem with the Sixers in the past has been like a team's playing well and then they're like, let's make a home run swing because we yeah. have to. I don't think they need to do that. I don't think they should do that. I think similar to the Knicks, they should call about Jordan Clarkson, mm-hmm. call about Bones Highland. I think they need some more bench scoring. When Maxi and Embiid are out, they really struggle to yeah. get anything going. But other than that, like, you know, just wait to the offseason. I think they have the second most cap, season, cap space this offseason. Yep. So um, try to. The other thing, Tobias Harris needs to be a little bit more consistent for that. Yeah. He's been a little bit up and down. So, Yeah, that's that's something that I could see them packaging in a trade if they absolutely feel like trading someone, which I, I hope they don't. Let it ride, I think, at, at the deadline and then wait till the end of the year. Um, I mean, we're 23-12 and 12 with, with some of our players not playing at their best. Yeah. Like, how, how good can they be? whenever everyone's playing at their best Hmm. yeah so i i think stay stay with what we got continuity is key they haven't had it yeah i'm have it yep uh milwaukee bucks at two 25 and 11 keep doing your thing (laughs) please please no more malik beasley as your number one attack defender please add a perimeter defender yeah it's not gonna work he's fine he's shooting great He's just not a mm-hmm. good good enough defender. Right. And I get you at Jerry Crowder, but you need two perimeter defenders, please. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so that, that's my that's my only thing for the Bucks. Just get a perimeter defender. It doesn't have to be some like super it doesn't have to be Alex Caruso. It can be, you know, Tory Craig or right. someone like that. Just just add one, please. Yeah. And and they're doing super well so far. Obviously we knew that Giannis and Dame would figure it out at some point, but 25 and 11, just keep doing your thing. I, I don't think they fully figured it out yet either, which is... Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to number one real quick. Boston Celtics, 27 or 28 and 7. Uh, Probably, I think they're the, easily the best team in the league. Yeah. Um, this, this, is a, this is a very, very, very crazy team to go against. Uh, the, the fact that they almost lost to the Pistons, though, absolutely makes me want to cry. <laughs> and that brings me to what they need to work on. Late game pace. Yeah. Please. Like, I, I'm not even joking. Like, intentionally pretend it's late game in some of these games, mm-hmm. regular season games. Sacrifice a win if you have to. Yeah. Fix that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, pull some guys. Like, do what mm-hmm. you need to. You have to fix it because it's your only weakness. 
It's literally the Celtics' only weakness. You yeah. can get them in a close game at the end of a game. You can beat them. If yeah. you don't do that, you're not going to beat them. Yeah. And, and I think Porzingis has taken them a step closer. To, I agree. Absolutely. To, to those problems. And you can see the difference fixed. when in the mm-hmm. games he has played where it's close versus when he hasn't. Yeah. It's whenever, whenever no one can score, they just get it to him, and he's usually putting up buckets in, in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. And, and he's helped a little bit with, you know, their switching and their mm-hmm. uh, two-man game and stuff like that. But to yeah. me, it still needs still needs work. It's still your one weakness. Yeah. Please fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Hop over to the Western Conference. Uh jump into the San Antonio Spurs at five and thirty. Thoughts. Run a few plays for Wemby, please. Oh my goodness. This is driving me nuts. It's like they they intentionally aren't passing passing to him on some plays. He's wide open. He's seven foot six, right? Seven foot six. Very tall. Taller <laughs> than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's really good too, guys. Oh, I, yeah, Greg, Mr. Popovich, uh, women Yama's good. Just run, just run a little bit of offense through him. I, I get you want him to free flow and you want him to just kind of figure things out. And yeah. you want everybody to figure. Just a couple of plays, even if it's just in clutch time. Just yeah, a couple of plays for Wemby. Yeah, I agree. Um, just I mean, you're wanting to develop one of the unicorn in the league. And the unicorn can't develop if he doesn't get plays. Just just a couple of plays. Just please, I'm begging you. <laughs> all, and all you have to do is throw the ball up where no one else could reach it. He's going to grab it and yes. dunk it. That's yes. literally all you have to do. Unless you're looking at him sideways, there's no way you're going to miss him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, let's, let, this is making me angry. Let's move on to the <laughs> Trailblazers. Uh, 9 and 25. Uh Scoot, Shaden, and Fernie has the potential to be an extremely good backcourt. Mm-hmm. Don't trade Anthony Simons. Yeah. Just let those guys Scoot's been Scoot's been playing really well after the yeah. start. Yeah. Um Rookie of the Year race is not over yet. I mean it's probably over, but yeah. Scoot's doing his best to get back in it. I could see him maybe jumping up to three, but I can't see him overtaking yeah, he would have to, or Wimby. He would have to uh have an incredible finish to the season. Yeah. But they, they, those three guys, he's shown yeah. why he was drafted where he was. Yeah, those three guys have been really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I, I said I said Brandon Miller. I think Hawkes is number three at the moment. Probably in, yeah. in the standings. He's been really good. Yeah. Um, I I agree. Keep keep that young core together. Just use this season as not not a tank season, but a learning season. Yeah. Uh, th- this team's going to be good whenever they get a little older, some more experience. Kumani Kamara has been really good for them as well. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, I'm blanking on his name now. Their young center that's been backing up since Rob Williams was out. Or maybe he's been starting. I don't know if Aiton's hurt mm-hmm. or not. But probably Aiton's, trade Malcolm Brogdon too. Aiton's been playing like he's hurt. We'll just say that. Yeah. I don't know if he's <laughs> the future after all. <laughs> yeah. uh, that whole dominating uh, comment that he made uh, obviously is not. Dominating <laughs> that bench. Yeah. Yeah. For real. <laughs> Oh my. Um, let's move on to a little bit more interesting team as we move up the ladder to Memphis Grizzlies, twelve and twenty-three. They've won six games since Ja mm-hmm. came back. I think they're like six and two or six and three. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's just kind of stay patient. Know that you've got a lot of games left to get yeah. back in the playoff race, um, and just keep working, keep grinding. 
I could easily see them overcoming the the Jazz Lakers Warriors in this turmoil that they're all going through at the moment. Absolutely. I don't think they'll make it out of the play in, but I think yeah. they could definitely get to ten to eight, ten to seven, somewhere yeah. in that range. Yeah, I agree. Um, Utah Jazz, we partially discussed. Oh, hold on. Uh, Utah Jazz, seventeen and twenty. Partially discussed moving Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I think that I I agree with that. Getting Clarkson out of there, maybe for another uh, more consistent player, more maybe like if you're looking for a shooter. Um, I just don't think like Jordan Clarkson is really good. I don't think he raises their ceiling. Right. I think you could, uh, Kelly Olynyk has been excellent this season. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he hasn't been traded yet, unless the Jazz are just kind of holding on for a, a bigger package. Um, I think right. let. Uh, Keontae George run the offense. He's yeah. been he's been good. He's shown a lot, and try to get Taylor Hendricks some reps because he spent a pretty high pick on him. Um, interestingly, reportedly Lowry Markin is no longer off limits, and they but they expect a Gobert Mitchell package. Uh, yeah, for him. So we'll see if that makes a big splash or not. Yeah, that's that seems crazy to me because he is he's been really good this season. Like, yeah. why is he even on the table? them that's i i don't understand that some of the things that jazz have done over the last couple of years just oh makes me makes me wonder what's going on behind closed doors there yeah (laughs) um and then we get into the the turmoil teams here uh with 11 and 10 being respectively the lakers and the the warriors uh start with the lakers here at 7 and 19 just 17 and 19 LeBron James teams are good when they have shooting around mm-hmm. LeBron James. They don't have any shooting. They're the worst three-point shooting team in the league. Mm-hmm. You got to add some shooting. And they did. Uh, they brought in G-leaguer Dylan Windler, who's a pretty good three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to move the needle. But uh, to me, they just need to add shooting. It's incredible that they're 17-19 and 19 and LeBron and AD have been incredible and missed yeah. almost no games. Yeah, that's that's crazy to me because usually with LeBron teams, if he's even remotely healthy, he's pulling. Which he's what forty years old now? Did you 39, 39, 39, Yeah, yeah, just turned thirty nine. He's gonna start to ease up a little bit in his productivity, and like it's, I we keep saying that, and he keeps, <laughs> keeps being better afterwards. But I I don't think I, I think we're seeing the point where he has to have some more people around him. He cannot carry the load like he once was. And just at some point when he kicks out, the shooter has to make the shot. Yeah. Like he's his stats, he's he's the most efficient three point shooting season mm-hmm. of his career. He's shooting over fifty percent from the field. He's shooting like seventy something percent from the free throw line. Yep. He's been incredible. The Nobody's making shots for them. Yeah. Anthony Davis has also been a credible defensive player of the year mm-hmm. level defense. He's been healthy. Um, you got to you got to put some shooting out there. Yeah, I mean we we see what they're at whenever they're at their best. They just won the in season tournament three weeks ago. And, uh, and I think to me, D'Angelo Russell's the odd man out. Yeah, because you have Austin Reeves who does the same thing, but he's a little better shooter. Mm-hmm. And he's D'Angelo Russell's probably the guy you can trade for a shooter. Yeah, like maybe Buddy Heald or something. Um, so, uh, yeah, get shooting. Yeah, their defense is pretty good overall. It's just the offense is just making them run in, in quicksand. They yeah. can't get anywhere. Um, let's talk about another team that is having some 
I, th- I think this is probably the, the team that the last week has had the most publicity negatively. Mm. Uh, we see with the Golden State Warriors, we have uh, Chris Paul breaking his hand, needing surgery. We have uh, uh, Kaminga coming out and saying that he is not happy with Steve Kerr after uh, him benching him in the fourth quarter uh, and not playing in a clutch game against the, was it the Nuggets, I, I believe? believe? so, yeah. Uh, whenever Jokic hit a crazy shot to win it. Um, but Kaminga has come out and said that he is not sure that his relationship can be repaired with Steve Kerr, which is leading people to say, is he going for the exit from from yeah. the Warriors? I don't know if he's got the clout to pull that off. Yeah, I don't know. Usually you hear that of like <laughs> star players, like all-star players whenever they say that. Um, but and then also we see... Uh, we hear Moses Moody as well saying that he is unhappy with his role. He had three straight DNPs. Uh, he is he and, and he hasn't specifically said he wants to leave. He just wants to be known. He wants it known more to him what his role is going to be on this team. And so that in that's what that's the angle I think Kaminga should have come from yeah. instead of saying I'm unhappy. I'm not sure if I can heal my relationship with Kerr go to the front office and say, what am I doing on this team? Yeah, absolutely. Like, am, am I going to be an off the bench scorer? Am I only a vertical threat? Like as, as, as an offensive player, are you going to give me uh, open shots? Like, are you going to run plays for me to get open shots in, in the second group? Now in, we see Chris Paul who kind of like made him a better player. Now that he's out, what is he, what is Kaminga doing in that second group? Yeah, I think role definition in mm-hmm. just as a whole for the Warriors would be really helpful because yeah. they've just kind of been all over the place and and Steve yeah. Kerr's rotations have not been very sound. No, to be honest, um, not his best coaching year. I don't think. I think, I think one of Moody and Kaminga is the odd man out on this team and needs to be traded yeah. because TJD and Pajemski have come in and made an immediate positive impact. Yeah. I think they're just kind of squeezed out. You know, unless you're going to move Andrew Wiggins, which his right. value is at the lowest it's probably ever been, so that's not a great move. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think go ask Atlanta about Clint Capella. Yeah. And maybe while you're at it, Dejounte Murray. But I think Clint Capella could give them some serious. Like we saw how much how quickly T- Ter- um, Trace Jackson Davis has made a positive yeah. impact. Like he's just a much more experienced, better player version mm-hmm. of that. I think I think you get Clint Lapella and you could definitely change what type of team this is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's well, another thing we have lacked to mention too uh, too much about is Clay Thompson as well. The it, it is the it, uh, the inconsistency that he's had this season, which we see his productivity going up now. He is shooting the ball a lot better. Um, but there's the there's the outside noise about him not signing the contract prior in prior to the season starting, and now there's not even a contract on the table supposedly for him. Um, I think there we're seeing Clay Thompson nervous for the first time of if he's going to be resigned by the the Warriors, and so I think he's pressing a little bit in sometimes whenever he's taking shots that. I think Curry should be taking in more situations. Like if you're in a clutch, if you're in a clutch time, I 100% think Steph should be taking the shot over Clay at this moment. And I think Clay is 
pushing to to be the one to hit those shots to make the waves so that that contract then resurfaces on the table i agree i i agree 100 percent with with that i think roster construction is hurting him as well mm-hmm. because like at any given time they have what two shooters out there yeah. who are really going to draw the defense because if Wiggins is on there I don't care if he shoots threes yeah I don't care if Draymond Green shoots threes I don't care if Kevon Looney shoots threes you know Pajemski has mm-hmm. as good as he's been he hasn't been great from three so I think more shooting on the Warriors weird as it might sound yeah and, and some of those guys like like Draymond Green's not really attacking the basket Looney's mm-hmm. not really attacking the basket either so there's a little bit of a an issue with roster construction because Clay Thompson doesn't quite punish the defense the right. way he used to. Yeah. Um, so they they definitely need some more shooting and size out there. I I agree. I mean this it, we've seen this team be very unproblematic for so many years that it's it, it it is like the top story this season is the how the Warriors are collapsing. Um, I think it's a little bit overblown. Uh, you know, like we both discussed, they can make some trades. I think Steph is gonna <laughs> figure it out a little bit. Absolutely. And it, I think they're they're gonna be in the playoffs. They're at ten right now. I don't foresee them getting much worse than this, because a lot of their players are are at their worst right now. Wiggins, like you said, trade value has never been worse at at, at in his career. Um, I he's got to be playing better shortly. I think this is just an early season slump towards the middle and end of the season. We're going to see that be a little bit more. He's going to be more productive. I don't know if they're going to put him back in the starting lineup necessarily uh, fully because I know he started maybe one game last week or something around that lines, but he, I, I can't see these guys being much worse. Yeah. They're still a talented team and they have Stephen Curry on their, on their team. I think a kind of under-the-radar storyline here is how bad the Warriors have been at drafting. Yeah. If you look at their drafts since, like, like Draymond Green was drafted, maybe. 23rd or like 2012. We're talking, like, Ian Clark, yeah. Kaminga, obviously, Moody, Wiseman, like, all their... There's, like, a just a plethora of picks they have in yeah. that era that are just really bad. Yeah. I mean, they, they drafted Wiseman whenever they could have had um, pretty much... Anyone in that draft class after him in the first round, the only was person they couldn't much, have had was Anthony Edwards. Yeah, and you know, to his credit, a lot of people thought Wiseman was going to be really good, right? And he had a really high ceiling had he been good with Curry. But the other Kaminga and Moody are the ones that I'm like, you got to get those. You got to be better than that on those. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, we just ranted on the Warriors for quite a while. Let's move on to the Rockets at nine, eighteen, and sixteen. First uh, over five hundred team in the West. I, I love their defensive identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, just don't get impatient with Jalen Green. He's yeah. been good. He hasn't been an you know, all-star, all-NBA level like we think he can be, but mm-hmm. just be patient with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, the the upside for the, this team is, is very high, mm. I, I, I think. I mean, we've seen it. They were, what, three in the West at one point yeah. early in the season. I mean, that was that's probably the highest we'll see them in the season, I, I believe. We're going to see them in the playoffs, in my opinion. Uh, they have the Shangun is playing incredibly, yeah, incredibly well. Uh, Dylan Brooks is playing probably the best in his career. Yeah. Uh, he's like we've spoken on before. He's not the the noise isn't around him as much. Yep, and I think that's making him play a lot better. Um, yeah, I think just just keep going. Yep, Jalen Green, he's going to be he's going to be a baller in this league for a long time. 
Uh, Phoenix Suns, another team that is questionable uh, at, at eight, 19 and 16. Obviously, they've had a lot of injuries. They haven't had their big three together very mm-hmm. much. But to me, their bench, the, the good part about their bench was they had like 10 different guys that had kind of similar, but like at the same time, like different things they could do on the on the floor. They weren't mm-hmm. elite maybe, but they had really good value they could add. I feel like they've gone away from some of those guys. Like I think Kata Bates Diop should be getting more yeah. minutes, right? We saw Bull Bull get some minutes and play well. Like just... I think situationally changing your rotation because of the style of team you have is something that Frank Vogel is going to need to do to be because you have a lot of different tools. They may not all be better, but in one situation, one may be better. Other situations, yeah. like if you're playing Luca, maybe play a bigger perimeter defender. Right. If you're playing a team that doesn't have that, then you can go with you know Grayson Allen and all these other guys. But use all of your players. I think right. is the thing for them. I agree. Um, I I'm taking. All of this season with the Suns with a grain of salt until we see the big three Absolutely. In the, at full strength, which I'm I'm hoping we'll see them soon. It's just so inconsistent at the moment. Either it seems like I mean Beal's been out most of the the season so far, um, but it seems like Booker it has had some small things that have been bugging him too. KD has been mostly consistent. He's had a couple of games out, I believe three or four. But um, at, as soon as Beal gets back, I'm that's when I'm going to start judging them truthfully uh, on on how effective this team is. Absolutely. Um, let's go to seven with the Pelicans at 21 and 15. Keep sharing the ball. Keep moving the mm-hmm. ball. When they get a lot of assists, they win games. Yeah. Plain and simple. Uh, I'm I'm really high on uh, Jordan. Uh, oh my gosh, from UConn. Hawkins. Team. Hawkins. Yes. Um, he has been playing really well in his freshman or freshman rookie season yeah. for them. Uh, freshman season, <laughs> uh, he's been pretty been a very good offensive threat off the bench f- yeah. for them. I think he's he's playing really well. Um, he is in his uh, March Madness prime, I think, at the moment. So yeah. uh, he he's he's been a a, a very high uh, bright side for them off the bench. I there's been some discussion of if Zion doesn't do well this year like if they don't do extremely well that um shopping around zion for like a a blockbuster trade i can't foresee that happening truly especially now that they're getting to full strength brandon ingram has been playing really well that duke connection just the blue bloods run run heavy through them so i i cannot see them trading him that's just been the discussion in the nba world um but if if they if they go from seven and they start tanking, I that that may be on the table. Yeah. Um, and shout out Herb Jones; he's been shooting the ball a lot. Better yeah, yeah, heck Along of a with player. The incredible defense. Yeah. Uh, Mavericks at six, also twenty-one and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just try to get Kyrie involved a little bit more offensively. Yeah. Let him share the load. I think sometimes like Doncic has been incredible. Yeah. Um, but I think let Kyrie carry the load a little bit too yeah i agree there's a video recently that surfaced of of uh luca being double teamed and and Kyrie being wide open calling for the ball luca does a step back three that i believe he ended up missing he did yeah but um Kyrie was wide open just passing the ball luca you're an amazing passer you knew he was open yep passing the ball um derek lively been playing really well for them as well um he's 
he that that upside for him is just extremely high. I could see him uh, just being a, an extremely efficient role model, uh, role player, not role model, role model for some people. I yeah, guess. If you're but, a seven foot center yeah. who has good bounce, he's a great role model. Great role model, uh, role player for them. Uh, if he's not necessarily, let's just say they hypothetically get a better center some somehow this off season. Um, I, I mean, he's super effective. He's going to be a great bench player, but he is a very good starter for them so far this season. It'd be silly for them to get another center. I, I agree. But I think just, they should add in the wings. But yeah, the I, Mavericks are stupid right now. Yeah. Um, real quick with the Mavericks, this is nothing to do with the players. I just want to shout out um, uh, oh, Mark Cuban. Uh, he's giving like several million dollars worth of of payouts to not payouts but just like bonuses to all the employees that work around the Dallas Mavericks Corporation. I don't normally shout out billionaires for doing something like that, but I, that's just with him selling the team, it just seems like a, a super nice thing for him to do. Yeah, it was a pretty significant hunk of cash that he was giving yeah. out in bonuses and. Uh, there, a note of, there's a press break news. We the sale of the Mavericks has been finalized. So supposedly Mark Cuban is still like in charge of basketball operations, right. but whoever the new owners are, they can they have the power to like nix one if they don't like it. I guess. Right. So. Yeah. So I, I I think I think the Mavericks are right where I expected them to be this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look above them here, just I mean, we're gonna get into them real quick. So five Kings, four Clippers, three Nuggets. Two Thunder, one Timberwolves. I can't see them being much. Maybe they overtake the Kings, but I don't see them overtaking the Clippers, the Nuggets, the the uh, Thunder, or Timberwolves. So I think they're right where we think they would be. I, th- I think for them, just avoid the play-in, right? Yeah. If you avoid yeah. the play-in, you've, everyone in the West, in my opinion, has a shot in a playoff series because yeah. of how deep the West is. Yeah, I agree. So I, for the Dallas Mavericks... Keep doing your thing. Like you said, get Kyrie more involved. Um, and we'll go to five with the Kings. 21 and 13. Don't trade for star rentals. Yeah. You change your timeline to right now. I don't think you want to do that. Yeah. You're too young. Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox are playing too well. Just stay young. Keep your timeline mm-hmm. long because you're a small market team. If you yeah. blow it up, you may not get another chance. To me, just if you want to mess around on the edges, that's fine. But. Don't I agree. Go for any rentals. There's been some talk about who they might be shopping. So Davion Mitchell was involved in some talks. Uh, Kevin Herter was also involved, which I was kind of surprised about. I know he's not been super efficient this year, but he's been a he was a key element in their playoff run mm. last year. Yeah. Uh, so I would honestly hold off on shopping him. But Davion Mitchell, I mean, good defense, but he's a take it or leave it type player. Like, I mean, you can you can sacrifice his defense for a higher offensive threat if you if you're looking for that. Yeah. But I I think pretty much like you said, can't do anything to completely blow it up because you may be cycling in that mud for several years. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Clippers number four, twenty-two and twelve. Yeah. Stay Whatever. hot. <laughs> they are. They're doing really well. I mean, for this, I, there was a severe overreaction to the James Harden trade. Uh, obviously, they started off horribly. Um, he said, James Harden said himself, give me 10 games. They needed less than that, and they've been on a streak since then. Mm-hmm. So he, I think as long as everyone stays on the good side with each other, this is going to be a very, very, very good team. Um, I think... 
I think everyone has kind of found their role on that mm. team. And Harden has been more of a spot-up shooter rather than a ball-dominance step-back-into-my-shot shooter. And I think that has spaced the floor so much more for uh, Kawhi to do his thing at the mid-post. And uh, Paul George has been – he's been okay this year. I mean, he hasn't been like his his – MVP self, yeah. but he's still a valuable asset to this team. Russell Westbrook, though, fitting into his role extremely nicely like he was last year, too. This is a super valuable asset to this team for the price that they got him at. For anybody who ever said that Russell Westbrook is not a good teammate or a toxic locker room player, you're an idiot. Yeah. You need to go Here's apologize to anyone yeah. you told that to. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you said, jumping back, Mason Plumlee's back now. Yeah. So I mean, we've got they've got their original lineup plus James Harden now. Yeah. They're <laughs> they're very deep. Yeah. And you've got a couple of players in like Bones Highland and PJ Tucker that you mm-hmm. can like you know tamper around with the edges if you right. want, or you can just keep them for depth. Which I I heard that Bones Highland is not happy with his with his role on the team as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously they got he's, four superstar, three superstars. Plus, he's basically not playing because. Um, Russell Westbrook and um, mm-hmm. Norm Powell are also small guards, and they yeah. don't want that many small guards playing. So, and Norman Powell has been playing really well this yes. year too, off the bench. So he's been really, really good. Uh, yeah, this team keep rolling, and I'm going to say the exact same thing for number three here as well with the Denver Denver Nuggets at uh, 25 and 12. Keep rolling. I think they could look to add some veteran depth to the bench. They have a lot of yeah. young guys that play significant minutes. It doesn't have to be a big swing. I don't mm-hmm. think it should be a big swing, but I think having another veteran on the bench, right? Like last year they had Jeff Green. Like if you get mm-hmm. something like that, I think that would really help them. But overall, like Nuggets are really good. Yeah. Nicole Jokic is really good. good. Uh, the one thing that I would do for them to change gameplay wise is give Julian Strother a little bit more, uh, a little bit more time to start developing because obviously we have this amazing team right now. What happens whenever um, uh, Aaron Gordon decides that he wants out because he's a uh, higher price, you know, like another team starts shopping for him. Yeah. Uh, obviously not the same role in their team, but it opens up a slot on that starting, that starting role that Julian Strother could possibly fill with his, with his shooting and his attacking mindset. Yeah. Uh, so and I, I think a little bit more time on the floor for him Start developing them a little bit earlier, and I I think they're going to be fine. They're going to be top three at yep. the end of the season. Uh, number two, kind of surprising, the Thunder, yeah. twenty three and eleven, been yeah. really good this season. Shea Gilgis Alexander's been killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing for them is there. There's been a lot of people on Twitter and in the media, right, like on ESPN, talking heads, whatever, saying, mm-hmm. oh, they're really good all of a sudden. They could be contenders if they just made a big swing, specifically right. throw all of your draft picks, go get Larry Markkinen. Yeah. To me, don't do that in the middle of the season. Don't do anything. Wait till you've seen a playoff series. See what is wrong with your team in a playoff series. Because it might be nothing, right? Yeah. You look at how much of a mess the West is. Depending on matchups, all of a sudden, they're in the conference finals, the NBA finals. You know? Yeah. And you still have all these picks and stuff. So me, don't do any major moves maybe you know add some yeah. a big man a veteran big man off the bench right but other than that to me it's just keep going this team feels a lot to me like the 22 celtics mm. uh that made it to the finals 
where the East was kind of just like a junk mess or in the top couple five in that, that year. And then they kind of slipped into the finals then. I mean, yeah. they were good anyway. They, they've always been a high-level team, but they slipped in. I mean, the Thunder, good team. And they're they're high level high level team, it, they're young and like you said, don't blow it up. I mean, this is a this is a young team. They've got their their timeline is long long yeah. here with this with this group. See if see what they do. I will also add to me, Josh Giddy is the odd man out yeah. because everyone else on the team is kind of like shoot pass drive, mm-hmm. and he's drive pass no yeah. shooting, and he doesn't provide as much defensively as a lot of guys they play. Yeah. He's also the one like maybe more valuable young asset you have. Yeah. So I'm not saying you should trade him now. I'm just saying be fine with not right. extending him, him being the guy that's the odd man out. Right. And if you don't want that negative publicity around him as well at the moment, which yeah. obviously shouldn't it, it, with no result, you know, as of now uh, in the justice system, it shouldn't weigh too heavily on that. But if you decide Maybe that's a little bit too much at the moment. You can get rid of him as well. Yeah. Um, number one. Here we are. Minnesota Timberwolves just hanging on to that number one spot. Yeah. Twenty-five and nine. Yeah. I I would say overall the the second most consistent team behind the Celtics and so they, far. And their defense is incredible because their offense is not great. That mm-hmm. that to me my one thing was just keep trying to get more comfortable on offense, mm-hmm. right? Like I think there's still some possessions where you watch them and they just don't really know what they want to right. do. And it ends up with Anthony Edwards taking a bad shot or drawing a charge or cat running through a guard on a switch or something like yeah. that. But just get better on offense. Yeah. You know, your defense is great. I want to real quick while we're on the topic of them, shout out Carl Anthony towns that has, just weathered the storm of this horrible mess of the the Timberwolves, and now he's on the other side of this yeah. and seeing high quality gameplay on his own team. I mean, this is he's been he's been playing well this year too. Um, earlier in the season, it was it was we had discussed like if you had to get rid of one Gobert or Cat. Right now, it's working. Keep it. Yeah. Absolutely, he's been playing really well. He had a slow start to the season, but he is he is filling his role. Perfectly, damn near 50, 40, 90, him and Nas Reed both. So, yeah, yeah. Um, he's done a really good job transitioning from being a center to playing the four. So, yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff from him. And he's playing much better defensively. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, it, out of all of these, out of all of these teams that we've been through, uh, all 30, what is a one team in each conference that has surprised you the most, whether it be positive or negative? Uh, I think. For the East, probably the team that surprised me the most has been the Sixers. I expected them to be in the you know five to like four to six range. Mm-hmm. To be honest, they've been really good, especially when Embiid plays. Um, and then in the West, I think probably the team that's a bit more negative to me, the Lakers are the biggest surprise. Yeah. I thought they'd have you know enough shooting to be you know right up there outside the play-in tournament. The fact that they're not even in the play-in tournament is a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, personally, I would say I I think the the negative side for me on the West, I, I not that I could see the Lakers going this way at the earliest season. It just seemed like they were kind of like so so. And I know Gabe Vincent, they traded for Gabe Vincent, who was injured, yada yada yada, like all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a saying that I'm not surprised with this. It's just I'm more surprised 
about the Spurs in my in my opinion with mm. Wemby. I I think not that I'm asking Wemby to carry the load. It's just I thought that the team would be more inclusive with Wemby and actually have a coagulated team yeah. rather than this like everyone against Wemby yeah. <laughs> game that they're playing right now that I don't understand. But in the in the East, I actually have the the Cavs. I'm very surprised that they're at four with with all of the injuries that they've had so far. Yeah, um, really good team, and I I think that they at their best, I could see them overtaking Philly just because it seems like they have more depth overall. Um, with their big, well, their guard is and their big space is yeah. is is deep. Yeah. Um, and the Sixers not saying they aren't deep. It just seems like they it's been Maxi and and Embiid pretty much all season carrying a brunt of the load. And so yeah. if one of them goes out, like we've seen with Embiid the last couple of days, I mean, are we looking at a second round with Embiid going out again, and then they end up losing? Like, like let's just say the Cavs go up against the the Sixers in the first round. Even if even in the first round, if, if Embiid or Maxi goes out, yeah. where what, where are we getting our offense from? Yeah, I agree. So that's that's my opinion. But you want to jump into some MVP talk real quick? Yes. Okay. I think this is our first time talking about the MVP. I think we should just very quickly. What is like <laughs> the thing that you value the most that you think makes a player the MVP? Um, most people would say, I think the winning part of it i think i think it's overall which i that that is mostly the main part of like the mvp the most valuable player you like elevate your team to a winning status yeah but like we've seen with with Embiid so far this year you can be an absolute dominant threat offensively and that seems just as valuable to me. Um, so I, I don't know. And even even defense sometimes can be just as valuable. So I think if you have the mix of winning offense and defense, I think that's the most that those three characteristics is what makes an MVP the most. Yeah, I agree. And I think for me, like you have to be top six in your conference. If you're not mm-hmm. top six, you might miss the playoffs. I don't want my MVP watching the playoffs from home. Right. Um, and then to me, it's just. How much load do you have to carry for your team? Right. Mostly offensive. I think defensive player, if you're just a defensive player, defensive player of the year kind of covers that. Yeah. And then how efficiently are you carrying that load? Yeah. And let's let's get into the, the top three so far this season. Number um, one. I, I got some quick honorable mentions. I actually have okay, yeah. I had let's do top five, mention. so I'll, I'll include my four and five in this. Okay. Um, I had Steph, AD, and LeBron. Their teams aren't good enough for me yeah. to include them there. Um, De'Aaron Fox, he's missed some games early. I'd like to see him play a little bit more, but he's pretty close for me. Uh, and Tatum, his team is stacked. So to me, yeah. if you're the best player on the best team, it has to be very clear that you're the reason that right. your team is the best. And I don't know that that's been there for me. Yeah, he's diluted in his team. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If he has a bad game, I think they can still win. Yeah. Um, and then Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo, both really good. Yeah. I think... Mavs haven't won quite enough games. And then I, I don't know that to, to me for the MVP and maybe this isn't fair, but I feel like mm-hmm. you have to, if everyone else in the same is in the same conversation as you, you have to make an improvement. Cause I right. feel like all the players above Giannis that I have above Giannis have added something to their game this right. off season. Right. I, I don't know that he has, but uh, one honorable mention on my side, I would want to say is uh, Halliburton. 
Ooh, it, that's it's a like good one. probably a lower end one. Like I don't think he's fully MVP level, but has elevated his team to a status of being at eight in the East. And, and notably there with Halliburton, if he's mm-hmm. not there, the Pacers are not very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, why don't you start with three for you? Uh, my three uh, averaging 25.7 points, 12.3 rebounds, 9.1 assists, 56% from the field, 33% from three, 82% in the free throw line, 0.9 blocks, 1.1 steals. Nikola Jokic. Yep. I, uh, I am there as well. Nuggets are 24 and 12 when he plays 1 0 without him. So he's only missed one game so far this season. Yeah. Uh, he's been incredible. Three point efficiency has dipped a little bit for him. Yeah. Uh, and the Nuggets have struggled against above 500 teams, mm-hmm. but Jokic has also missed like five shots in his last five games. That's exactly what I was about to say. And in, in, uh, prior to this last game, he had a stretch of five games where he missed four shots. Yeah, it's incredible. And I want you all to go look at his shot profiles from those games and tell me that that makes sense. <laughs> that includes the uh, half, nearly half court banked yeah. in fadeaway game, game winner, winner against the 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 Warriors, Warriors. in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, he's been incredible. Again, um, there's not much more to say. I think the defense has yeah. been a little bit better this year too. I this was this was very difficult for me. I slipped Jokic down to three two and uh, or three as well, and then had number two with Shea. Um, okay. Shea has been absolutely absurd this season and has propelled his team to second in the West. 31.4 points, 5.7 rebounds, 6.4 assists, 55% from the field, 33% from three, 91% from the free throw line, 0.8 blocks, 2.6 steal. He leads the league in steals and he leads all guards in field goal percentage. The the hard, the, the reason why this made this so hard for me was because Jokic in other categories in most categories does better like uh rebounding obviously because he's a bigger guy rebounding and i believe assists too isn't it isn't he slightly higher than than shea in assists Jokic. yes yes he is okay so the only reason i mean Jokic is dominant he has been for the last four years now uh the only reason why i put shea above is because it takes shea off the thunder I mean, there there may be a play-in team. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I actually have uh, Shea as my number one. Okay. On my MVP because the Thunder second team in the West, and I think he has gotten better than he was before. Yeah. He's really good defensively as well, and mm-hmm. he's taken his team to the next level. I think that's what again, like that's why Jokic for me was at three. He's, some of his stats, some of the things he's done in the past have dipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say he's gotten worse, but he hasn't necessarily gotten better. And I think my two players that I have above him, I have Joel Embiid at two. Yeah. I think both Shea and Joel Embiid have added to their game yeah. and their team has been successful. Yeah. And and I think I I agree with that. The I put Jokic, or Jokic Joel Embiid at one. Maybe a little bit of bias in there too, I guess. But I mean, uh, Joel. I mean, the last couple of games. Look at him being out. I mean, the the Sixers have have failed. Sixers are two and six without Embiid, which is actually why I don't have Embiid one because he has missed eight games. He only has yeah, nine games left that he can miss the rest of the season before he's that's ineligible true. for MVP. Yeah, he has to be very very careful. Yeah. Uh, but the the only reason I have him at 1 is because of his outbursts of scoring that he's had this season. Yeah. 35 points a game, 11.8 rebounds, 6.2 assists, career high in assists and points. 
54% from the field, 35% from three, 89% from the free throw. I mean, he's damn near 50, 40, 90 as yeah. a big man. Uh, he's averaging like 40 and 10 in December mm-hmm. on 60, 50, 90 or something like that. He also has uh, a block and wait, sorry, two blocks and one and a steal a game. Um, yeah. Sixers are significantly better when he plays. As as a Sixers fan, I thought last year, like MVP, you know, that's great. There's no up from here. I mean, he's going to be the same player next year. If someone gets better, he's they're going to get MVP. He's gotten so much better offensively this year. It is it is absurd. That's why I have him at number one. Shea, it, I, I agree with you with Shea being like interchangeable, though, because I, if you take Shea out of – OKC, I think they hurt a little bit more than if you take Joel out of out of the Sixers. Yeah, just because you still have that offensive dynamite of Maxi in Philly, where you don't have that. I mean, Chet can score. Um, I mean, you have Isaiah Joe that's scoring a little bit more this year as well. Zach Giddy can put up a Jaylen little bit. Williams. Yeah, J Dub that is right. Yeah, but there's there's just no. It, it seems like Shea is is more valuable, but in, and I I understand why you put Shea above Joel Embiid. It seems like we both have a very similar similar thing there, where they could be interchanged as well. Yeah, I, I think they're right there. Joel Embiid's mm-hmm. been absolutely incredible. I think the most impressive thing, if we you remember back to like maybe like 2019 mm-hmm. when he first started being a star, the thing with the Sixers was literally Embiid gets in the post, you double him, it's probably Done. a turnover. That's yeah. it. And now he's averaging a career high in assists. And if yeah. you you double him, that ball's coming out. It's it's skipping. It's a yeah. three pointer, right? He's he's really really taken a huge step forward there, and it's helped his scoring a lot too. Yeah, um, I think, I think that's, the the movement of the Sixers has helped with that. They're doing more handoffs yeah. and less isolation. But yeah, and I th- I think he probably watched Jokic a little bit too over the last couple of years. And and I mean these guys are incredibly intelligent intelligent players they probably watched each other to Mm -hmm. see what they can both improve on based off of each other's gameplay well i don't know about Jokic. i'm not sure that he watches basketball yeah that's true he just (laughs) he doesn't need to practice or watch or do any he just shows up and is incredible yeah um (laughs) yeah um i I, what Embiid's done has been has been really impressive and i think Mm -hmm. that's like if you're a really great scorer who can't pass your team's just going to double team you and right. take you away. You have to be able, once the double starts coming, you've got to be able to not only, you know, hit, not just that. hit the outlet, but make them pay. Right. And he's, that's the next last year, the year before that he hit the outlet. Now he hits the skip pass and makes, makes them pay. pay. Yeah. 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 I agree. Anything else you want to cover? We want to wrap it up. Um, this is an early season MVP ladder. Yeah. I think, Everyone we mentioned in our honorable mentions and our our ladder, all those players could still win it. Yeah. Um, barring you know, depending on injuries. record injuries, all yeah. that stuff. But a lot of really good players playing in the NBA. Right yeah. Now. Very very quickly before we wrap up, I want to talk about Illinois. Okay. Very shortly here, um, Illinois playing fantastic ball. Obviously, just lost to Purdue by five points. Very very close game. Made a late game run. Made a game middle or a run in the middle of the the first half, um, kind of backed off, and then at the end of the second half made this run, came within five, 
couple of came of, in three at one point. Yeah, yeah, couple of unforced errors, uh, turn costly turnover by Damask at the end, uh, uh, a travel by Hawkins in the last minute as well. Clean those up. We could have very easily beat Purdue. Uh, clean up the middle of the game as well. I think. Yeah. Um, They've been really good. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go watch the Northwestern game where Damask killed Northwestern. Boo Booey <laughs> was yeah. nowhere near his normal statistics. Um, and it, this team is very a very good offensive rebounding team. Uh, and it just seems like they're clicking now. And I, I the Purdue loss... I can take that if they're going to continue to compete hard into the Big Ten season. Yeah, they're they're playing really well. I think clean up some of those errors and mm-hmm. the defensive rebounding and yeah, that's to me those are their weaknesses and yeah, I mean, they're a really good team. They got a lot of length. Um, really fun to watch. Yeah, Justin Harmon keeps shooting the way he's been shooting. Great, Coleman Hawkins absolutely on fire from three point range. Keeps that up. We're going to be in. Yeah. Knock on wood. I didn't say percentage. I just said he was on fire. (laughs) I better say sorry. Keep it up. Yeah. Knock on wood. All right. Want to wrap it up? I think think that's all all we got for this episode. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, We just wanted to uh, just, again, say uh, happy holidays to everyone. Hope everyone was safe. Uh, and we'll be back in in two weeks with another episode. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and uh, Twitter X um, at the CACS pod. Um, keep forgetting before the episodes, but we will uh, send out a question thing uh, where people can send in questions that we'll answer on the, the podcast. So ready to move into the one and one I am. It's tied at six, six. The first Staying MVP talk. Uh, the first question I've got for you in the one and one: Who was the last person to win the MVP for the NBA? Oh, uh, Embiid. <laughs> All right. I don't know how I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that that one's that one's a pretty easy one. Thought I would give you that one, but okay. um, who has the most MVPs of all time? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That is correct. He has six. Nice. Finally, I he, go two for two. He had six. You're the only person to go two for two, and you've done it twice now. Which so. also means I've gone offers a couple of times. <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever. Let's yeah. Look at the bright side. So score is now eight to zero. You're up. Eight to six. Eight to six. Why? Wow, eight <laughs> to zero. I'm, I'm, hey, yeah, I, it's eight to I, zero. I, I, wanted, I wanted to. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to come back. So <laughs> eight to six. All right. We'll see you guys in uh, two weeks. Hope yeah. everyone has a good, good couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.